Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio. And to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Mark Sylvester. See, that's exactly how you pronounce it. And you know how you pronounce our guest's name? John Davies. John, how are you? I'm great. John, what have I known you? What, 25 years? We don't need to talk about how old we are yet. Why don't well, we, I'm why not don't old. We, I didn't age a day. <laughs> well, you really haven't. Not a no. day. I Neither would think, of you. The, the publicity we photo we have usually when you were 24. Well, you know, there's an opportunity to have a different persona online, right? John, you're, you're like a, a, a legend here in the, in the region, not just the region. I mean, I don't think people know. I mean, you're nationally recognized and acclaimed in what you do and the fact that you're here and that, that you've given back in all that you do is a real testament to who you are as a guy. So I just want to lead off with that. I no, really thanks. appreciated that. You are, uh, you're the chairman of Davies, but Davies is public relations and communications. And I, I really want to get into public relations and talk about that. <laughs> what, what's your favorite? part of doing of your job you get up and you go i mean you love it you've been doing it your whole life what's the favorite part that's always changing okay it's really interesting because as the mediums change and the challenges change but i think if you get to it every time it's finding a uh, a message digging deep finding that little teeny needle in the in the bottom of the uh, the sewing kit that you need to make a message. And people hide their messages. This is so much like what we do with Ted, trying to find the idea worth spreading. You know, someone's got, you know, it takes an hour and to your point, you're looking for that needle in there. Have you found, that's a Sherlockian task, right? Mm, Totally. So have you found some key questions that help you get there quicker? I always think so. <laughs> and then as soon as I use them the second or third time, it's no. Oh. It's, it's, a oh. Unique, it's a unique process. So we have a formula and a process to get to the point. Oh, you do? That, but what, once you get to the point where everything's laid out, it's sort of magic. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's uh, a bunch of smart people sitting around, and we literally sometimes sit around a table, maybe in a hotel lobby or someplace, three of us on computers talking, writing messages, and emailing them around. You're Skyping to one another with, and you're sitting. Yeah. Well, what we do is we'll send you're it You're like ar- a bunch of teenage girls. Oh, oh <laughs> totally. And, but we don't type. We don't, I mean, text it. We, we use, Old use, school, you type well, on well, your laptop. Because it, it's, <laughs> it's the crafting of the words is a little better on on the laptop. So the the main thing that we do, we've taken uh, research back a couple centuries. And what I'm talking about is we talk to people and then we do something that is highly unusual in our field. We listen. We listen. Yeah. It is weird because our interviews, our clients are always like, 
they want to rewrite the words about our interviews. Well, I'd say, yeah, rewrite anything you want because we don't ever ask it the same way. Well, isn't there an accuracy problem? Not really because we really don't care what we're asking. We mostly just care what people are saying because people are going right. to say what they want to say. Right. And they're going to answer the question. So the deal is how to make them as clean and as vanilla to allow people just to get into a topic area and talk. I am, I, I, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I, I feel like I'm in the asking questions business. You are. I think we all are, just we all don't know that. Right. And we're asking questions of our customers. We're asking questions of our employees. We're asking, we're kind of always asking questions. And I like what you just said, which was, I want that to be as vanilla as possible so all the color comes from the answer. Right. And then we do something else. We read them. We read the answers. I mean, like really read them. Like right. three, four of us will read it three, four times. And then we go through the same process again, Patrick. We, yeah. we start saying, this is what I saw. Right. This right. is what I saw. Right. What were you reading? Well, you know, it's so funny because <laughs> those are the quants. We're doing, we're doing a project in Maryland that had been going on a while. They had uh, Hillary Clinton's former uh, pollster and Mark Penn, his firm, and they'd done stuff and they're doing a poll and and going slow for some reason. We go in, we do our, we call ours focused interviews. So they're one-on-one, -on -one, they're on the phone, and I'll tell you why they're on the phone instead of not live. And they're an hour. It used to be an hour and a half. We can't make the hour and a half. And then we do a transcript, we read them and we make findings, and then we create a dangerous opportunity strengths guide. Three each, no more than three, usually only seven findings. Well, we present our findings, and then the polling firm presents their findings. Their findings were about almost one-dimensional. They approached huh. one dimension. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, they're doing the, the, the report, and I'm like, you know, you get on the phone, someone calls you, you're making dinner, and, and you go, I'll do the interview. What the heck, they got me. It's interesting. And then about three minutes into it, you're going, oh, my gosh, I can't just hang up on this poor lady. Mm. And they ask you mm. closed-end questions, and what do closed-end questions do? They limit the information you got. Sure. I mean, such as, you know, Patrick, were you in jail last week? No, I was not. Right. See, that's a bad question. You know why? Because right. Right. I closed the information because Patrick was actually in jail two weeks ago. I limit the information I can get. Right. And, and uh, we get these questions. We read the answers, and it's, it's when we're working on a big project, usually something controversial. Half of the questions are just about the person's life in that community and what people think, what people worried about, what they love, what, what's going on in the community. I could just throw the rest away about the project and be able to frame a message. And it's true north. So people who are rapidly against it, people who are rapidly in favor of it, and all the people in the middle that don't even know something's happening, right. they all have a similar true north. And when you put it together, you then understand the psyche of a community. Now you can create a message with a foundation this is what they believe. So they believe different than we do. You know, and every community is different. And the worst place for us to work is here because our clients say, well, you know Santa Barbara. Why do you have to do the research? Yeah, well, I know right. the 10 people that I see. Right. But I don't know Santa Barbara. Right. I, I am in, I'm in a project right now with J. Walter Thompson. And I got to do the discovery. And I got right. to do the, the hour-long interviews. And it was the most fun part of the project. You did it face-to-face? Face-to-face. They, they put me in a glass box. 
and because they're open plan, they put me in this, they gave me a room, which was great, but everybody could see everybody I was talking to. And I was talking at all strata within the organization. And it was interesting in that I felt like father confessor and they were very, very forthright. It felt like they were being very forthright. And to your point, now I didn't have anybody else look at the raw the answers, yeah, and that—that's an interesting thing because it Did was you write, my bias. Was it recorded? I didn't record it, but I'm really good at taking notes. Well, that, that's and what we do. So I, so the recording would be good. So, but so the 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 deal is not only someone else reading the notes. You reading your own notes over and over. Oh, well, did yes. you do that? Okay, yeah, very because much what so. happens is you get caught on something based on a nonverbal. Yes. And, and the, yes. you get, wow, that's interesting. Yes. And that's important in some ways because it's words and music that you're listening to. Right. You know, if, if the temperature gets up and people get excited and they get animated when they're talking about something, that's a, that's a clue. That's why I have a highlighter. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it's nice to have other people read it and they go, huh, I, I sort of read that everyone's sort of talking about this. Why does everyone right. use, is that a buzzword at Jay Walter? It right. said, why do they talk like that? Right. What is it going on? And we do the phones. And what happened is we used to do it one-on-one. And we had to finish some up one time. And so we're not talking to people who work for a company. We're talking to people in a community. They really right. don't know who we are, right. what we're doing. They're fascinated because we ask about them. So they right. get, they're willing to do it. But when we did it in person and we're taking notes, they – Very. So – we lose oh. we lose the nonverbal, oh. but we also gain the uh, the 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 comfort and security. If you listen right, you listen to Don Imus show in the morning when a U.S. senator calls. He's in his pajamas at home, right. you know, hopefully standing in his living room, so he's not doesn't sound like he's asleep. But he he says things. I mean, I've heard John McCain in the morning go, what, "Why would he say that?" Well, because he's in his own living room in his pajamas. Talking on the show, and he's very comfortable. He's very comfortable. He so we find see the he doesn't right. see someone. He doesn't see the note taker. He doesn't see what's going on. So it's it's so we found that doing it on the phone is just so much better. Our That's biggest problem is getting people advice. off the phone. Really? Yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. just some people just want to talk. And I, I've got to guess that you you've got a playbook of questions, but then you call an audible as you're going, if you will, to stay we with rewrite, the sports. We write it every time. It's written every time for every community, but there's the first section is pretty much the same, but it's got to be tuned a little bit. I mean, every place is different. I mean, Kitimat, British Columbia is a lot different than uh, than a little small community in Maryland. Sure. And and so we're dealing with First Nations in sure. Kitimat, and sure. you know we're we're dealing with you know retired wealthy people and. And, so uh, in Maryland, in the process, because having just gone through this in the last couple of months, it's interesting to get to talk to you about it, that the client didn't really want to see the 75 pages of notes. No. And I took and distilled that into a, a quadrant, like the things we that are easy to change, we can't change, hard to change, can't change, you know, that kind of, course, of thing to of pull it up. Do. That's what you do, by the way. You put little pins on it. I bet. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. And uh and and I got it down to, I think, 30 pages, and then I got that down to 15 pages, and I'm just continuing to distill. Then I give it to my, my client, and he goes, this has got to be in a page. And okay, so, so I'll got give it in a, you, I'll you give you our, a, here's what we how do. How do you do that? We take 
we so seven findings, seven right. pages. Okay. The finding is in a so a gra- we, I've created a graphic model to do this, and the reason that I've done that is to, is to force us to be brief and to make declarative to make declarative statements. So so the headline is a declarative statement in the box, and then there's like twenty words of ex, of explanation, right? Twenty twenty five words. That's it, and then we'll have like fifteen to twenty actual quotes from the interview around the outside. Oh. So you can get a flavor of why right, we made right, that right, fight. Right, 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 Can I show it to your your audience? Can I? Would you? <laughs> I, will, if, I will show you it to would, you. If you I could give me you. one that I could put in the show notes because yeah, I, 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 we're in this um, attention-starved environment, right? And a trust-depleted environment. And by providing something to the ADD executive, seven pages, there's just a headline, I've got some words. So we'll do seven, maybe we'll do five with the findings, but then we'll do a DOS, so dangers. DOS? Dangers, opportunities, and strengths. This was, I learned the DOS from Dan Sullivan, from the strategic coach. Okay. And so you do a SWAT. I mean, I'm sorry, I, what is the difference between an, a, a weakness and a threat? And op, you know what I mean? It's so Internal, hard. Internal, external. I know, but, I it's, it. but that's still, what everyone says. But, but danger. Danger. This is what keeps Ooh. you up at night. So, and so going back to the beginning, the messaging. Yep. So I make the findings. Yep. I turn them into three dangers, three opportunities, and three, three strengths. So the dangers are what keep you up at night because, hey, that's the truth. Yes. We have to figure out how to deal with it. The opportunities are things no one's thought about that we get out of the research. And the strengths are things people agree with are the strengths. So only three. Again, three black boxes mm. on one page. Boom, Headline, boom boom. boom, boom, boom. And not more than three. And so it's like, well, I've got four on this. Well, good. Find top three. Right. Well, I can't. Okay. Well, maybe maybe we got – so you look at it and you go, actually, you have three. Because two of your, two of your strengths – are exactly the same. You're just saying it different ways. So you just right. got to find a way to say it clear. How? So you've been doing this 30 years, 35 years? Yeah, well, you know, a few years. <laughs> We've known another 25. So you're I'm, only 25. Right. So you were prenatal. Right. You were right. You were no, doing so I've this. I've been doing this since I moved here in '76. Patrick, okay. you got a calculator over there? Yeah. He's our fact checker too. Yeah. So Good. I moved here um, Fiesta Weekend, 1972. And like what, a I, what I'm <laughs> curious about, though, is um, how how this evolved, this this way of communicating. You're a communication guy. I mean, for years you've been teaching people how to communicate, and I think you learn that from how you communicate best to your clients and the fact that you're you're not suggesting to them, oh, do infographics. That's the best way. You're saying, no, the best way for me to communicate with this busy executive team or who's ever hired us is through an infographic. But, and and it's it's so funny because I it is an infographic, but people that do infographics would say, "Oh my gosh, no! It's so boring. <laughs> it's so boring. We don't have five thousand things going on the page competing for your attention. You know, let's do an infographic with big things and little things, and you got to figure out what's going on. Our deal is, you look at it, one flash of the eye through it, you got it, and then you know what happens? They act. They jump into it. Yep. They can't help it yep. because it's so simple. Yep. And then they look at us. And so we're we're bidding against the biggest firms in the in the world. Actually, we're going against Ogilvy, Burstyn, uh, Edelman, 
on a, on a huge project. I had no idea we were bidding against the wall. Really? I had no idea. So we went in, and our presentation was in Washington, and you know our office in Washington is about the size of the studio. <laughs> No, it's it's we massive. It's, if, yeah, I, I don't I don't go into the office, you know, because it's, we'd all Not have enough to, room. We'd all have to stand up and right. move every time right. we want to yeah. change ideas. Right. right. And <laughs> stop. So we okay. we rent a big room. We'll we, get a big room. <laughs> yeah. And we go in there, and our presentation is based on this model. Plus, it's four strategies. That's all we did. Four strategies, and one of our strategies was the last one this is a, a large mining project was no free layups that's a strategy what do you mean by that they'd been beaten up by everyone for years and they never responded so no free layups so basketball throw, you're throw not, an elbow yeah right you're, you're going to take the guy down and take the penalty if you have to but no one's going to be able to beat on you without having having to have to answer for it Got so it. we get done and our presentations in 40 minutes we have an hour and a half so we have you're done 50 minutes of amazing conversation. Wow. Because we didn't do, we had a simple, well-organized deal, and you could just see them light up. They'd, yeah. they'd been mm. two days of doing these meetings, and we gave them more. And everybody had been pitching them. Everyone's pitching. We gave, we gave, them, we gave them results of research we did. We, uh, we confirmed that they had to get like 116 permits at three different levels of government. Oh, man. And that just sort of scrolled by in the presentation. We said, you know, it's in your packet if you want to look at it, but this is what we're trying to win. And, and we went through the presentation, very straightforward, very simple. And they, you know, they sort of look at one another like, well, someone finally understands us, one. Number two, no one's trying to sell us. They're just giving us a strategy. So this was, let's go back. You had done a series of interviews with people. That's your well, MO we, is we, to... We did. We, we did. we did the interviews. We did it with about four groups. And, and, you know, the cost of the, the research isn't the time talking to people. The cost of the research for us is our time in analyzing it. Right. And that's, you know, three or four guys for two days. Reading, rereading, re-reading. Yeah. sitting and, in the hotel and, lobby. Yeah, wherever it is. I mean, we, we'll, we'll be in our office and we're, we're emailing back and forth. We'll right. sit around a big table and debate it. It's like a bunch of ADD people walking in circles <laughs> talking about something. Uh, I... Uh, Aside here for a second, we are using a new collaboration tool on this one project. It's called Slack. Yeah, we use Slack. Use Slack. Yeah, um, I love it. The uh, it's a little hard for the the Davy side, which is mostly public affairs issue management, for Blaze, which is our com- consumer firm. Right. We use it all the time, and it's really good, and it, it keeps everyone in line. It's a I mean, it's an amazing tool. You can that you can get it with any device. I love it. Yeah, very yeah, good. Very smart. I, I love that it's just a simple thing. Someone says something, and you know they're waiting for some reaction right. to that thought. So normally you would write an email. Hey, thanks a lot. That was really good. Or some affirmation. It's all it really is you're trying to do is, yes, I heard you. Thank you. Head nod. Right. With Slack, I can just hold my thumb on the message, and I can get a reaction. Right. And I can just do a thumbs up or a hand right. clapping or something. And they know I saw it, and it would, that was really good. Keep going. There, there's, there's a, I've learned the, the, the art of the one-word response. Yes. And, and, so I, and it's so funny because I learned it from this crazy guy, uh, Chris Lehane, political guy, who worked on the first Clinton campaign with uh, Carville and those guys. Oh, and then did, did the second, did Gore's campaign. And he's, he's, a, he's a, a character. There was a movie done about him that What's didn't name? go anywhere. Chris Lehane. 
he is now an executive VP of Airbnb. Huh. And, and, and it makes a lot of sense. He was called the master of disaster. He was a great crisis guy. But I would send him something, and we'd send him something, hey, working on a pro- couple projects together. Right. His favorite one was potent. Potent? Potent. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I just – I had to beat him to the punch with potent all the time because it was just such a strange thing to do. But it, it made what sense. What a great word, right? It is, and then powerful or – Potent's way better than powerful. It, uh, totally. And then he would do things like not yet. In other words, Two it's words. just not there. Not yet. Oh, keep going. Yeah, so we're not there yet. You know, we're playing back and forth. But he lived his life on his. He had a BlackBerry. He didn't have an iPhone. And he right. stayed in a BlackBerry a long time. And that's where he lived his life. He had you know, no employees. And he was a one-man band. Worked out of his house in San Francisco and off his BlackBerry. And he would get things done. He'd see him like, marching things out. Do you out. do that? Do you do one word? I do all the time. What's your favorite word? Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it says nothing, right? But you, <laughs> it acknowledges you've, you've it so acknowledged, yeah. acknowledged yeah. that yeah. I got it, and yes. I, I'm fine. Hi, I don't have it's anything hype. to add. Yeah, hype. I have nothing to add. Cool. Nothing. Hi, it's like okay. Here's here's the approach we're going to do with this. Cool. Cool. <laughs> so if you've ever got an email or a response from John Davies that said cool, I know neither good nor bad. Yeah, Just no, I, I, I like that. I so let's get back to this. Distilling though, so we get to the the seven. You called them findings. Seven findings. So we'll get findings. We'll also have a, a picture of the community and the place that we're dealing. Right. And uh, or product. I mean, I I did I did a project for as a as a volunteer for uh, one of our kids' schools here in Laguna Blanca, and we interviewed. Families who had just come to the school, been there maybe a year. We interviewed families who were accepted and didn't come for an hour. Mm. And it was mm. fascinating. Because mm. Laguna Blanca's marketing at the time was 75 years of tradition. Yeah, it's the they, best, best you can buy. You right. know what people yeah. said? That's we could care about how long a school's been around. Right. What did right. they do last year? Yeah, what's the oh. innovation? So what's the, what's the headline for Laguna Blanca now? <laughs> Laguna Blanca now. 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 Laguna Blanca. Now. That's our headline. One word. Now. Yeah. Wow. Potent. That was an expensive word. It was. It was. But it, but the deal but was. But that's the beauty, though. Exactly. Right? And then they also wanted to see something different. And so, you know, from the old ads with old stuff and too many words, literally the ad was Laguna Blanca now with a little caption in the logo with a bunch of photos. So that's what people want. So this want. is what gets back to dis- distillation. Right. It's like, how do I take... 75 hours of interviews, get them into seven findings. That's right. tough. But still, that needs to get compressed down into a hashtag. It's, well, well a hashtag word. or something. So in uh, Maryland, Calvert County, Maryland, LNG terminal, existing terminal, they're going to turn it from an import to an export, which is in itself sort of says what's happening in our society. Yep. Uh, started started massive fighting. On it, you know, people are coming in. The national ENGOs are coming in, saying they see dollar signs. If we can get into a big fight here, we can raise a lot of money and kill this project. And and so my job is to yay, show they can't. Yay for us. No, and my deal is Jeez. yeah, you can't. Right. Because I'm going to block you. So in the research, our deal came out is they want to know what is this doing to the world and the environment. We know natural gas is good. Right. I mean, they get it. Yeah. It's good. It's cleaner than anything. But what is it doing? So our headline was exporting 
clean energy, importing prosperity. Ooh, right. We got <laughs> importing prosperity. You're looking, at, you're looking at me yeah. like I'm an energy buyer. Yeah, yeah we'll <laughs> go with 20. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Well we done. Got, uh, so we we sent out the mail, followed up. We got about a 25, 30 percent response. Hmm. And it, which it, from just the community so saying, ex- which no, is about to people. Well, usually you get a two percent. Okay, you get two percent. There you go. Two percent is normal. Well, we haven't been to two percent in like twenty five years. So, but I mean, most of ours is about ten. It's, and is that because you've, you've done the homework and you know what message is going to go down? And, and also we cheat because we send to people we know are open-minded. Why send something to someone who hates you? Dear Mark, you know, well, you, if you if – Mark, can if you, you tell us the donut story? No. Please. No, you got to have Robert tonight. Come on. No. no so I you, But you told him the story. I know, story. but I, it's his story now. I give him to him. No, graduated. it's my story now. Okay, then you tell it. Do you know that Mark and Kimberly, you know, you've, we had had Kimberly on the show sure. before. Yeah, I remember uh, her. She's a, related to you. She is very much. And uh, <laughs> we had a donut store. And we, as you know, great donut stores, you bake all night long, you're making the donuts. And in the morning, um, we would get up and there would be these lines of people, right? Now, we accelerated this. We had fans that blew the scent around. Oh, that's so good. Everybody, so you're, you're marketing uh, now. Yeah, very much so. Huh. And so we had three lines of people, and there was this one line of people where the people that had, they would elbow people out of the line to get first to get our donuts. Then there was this other group of people, they liked going to Renault's, they liked going to other places, but They happened to be at the donut store today. They wanted, they just had a hankering for one of our donuts. And the third line of people were people that hated our donuts, they were the gluten-free crowd, hated them so much that they would get in line to just get in my grill and yell at me. Just to tell you how dumb it was that you were selling What are you donuts? doing in the donut business, yeah. Mark? Yeah. And then, so what you do as a normal business is what? Most people. I try to make line three happy. Right, right. So you know what we do? We used to ignore them because they don't help us. Now we try not to go anywhere near them. So we do data mining. To know what it is they don't we like. We know who they are. No, to sure. find out who, yeah. who's going to be naturally against us. Sure. And... And the, so, you know, more modern analytics, uh, data mining, and then we go to the other side of the data mining, which is old school data mining is, I will call, well, a few years ago, four years ago, we called three million people with a one word, que- with a one sentence question to eliminate people in all the swing states in the presidential election. Because right. we were trying to make sure our president didn't do something in the middle of the election for some notoriety. And so we went into the swing states and moved all the congressional offices that needed to win. And we found people in those. But first, we had to go through and find them. Right. So we came up with a one-sentence question and said goodbye really quick because every second on the phone when you're doing that many calls. Three million. Jeez. So, but we do, we'll go in a community and make 10,000, 15,000 phone calls. And we'll call, we'll get their general position on, on an issue. So are they like rabidly want to buy the donuts? Are right. they interested? They like donuts. Are they like, well, donuts are okay. I could eat them. Or do they hate donuts? And so you get to categorize them. And so it becomes a continuum. Yep. And then, then we ask another question. And that question is, so when you feel strongly about something, what do you do? Do you, like, tell a neighbor? Do you talk with it, your friends about it? Mm. Have you ever written a letter to an elected official? Have you ever written a letter to the editor? Have you ever shown up at a public hearing? 
I got a second continuum. Oh, and now wow. I play with those two continuums because I don't need to talk to everyone in the world. Because in, in the world of persuasion today, I can't change the third line. Right. I never really could argue with them. But I can't change the third line and I can't move the middle line. But the guy in the first line can. Can do it for you. He will do it for yeah. me. So we're, we're working in Pima County, a million people plus. We contact about 100, 125 households. Mail, phones, invite them to events. So we're having, right. and you know, obviously not all of them are moving. We're getting 10, 15% to have a conversation with us. We started, we're three to one behind in the poll, polling when they hired us. 18 months later, we're three to one in favor. I talked to 15% of the community and I moved them from three to one opposed to three to one in favor because my friends had my messaging and they are better messengers than I am. So let me, let's see if so, I get this so exactly about, right. So think about it from the donut store. I mean, you get the guy in the line that loves right. the donuts. Yeah. And, and he, he is empowered and motivated because no one, in, and then educated, no one can be educated how to help you until they're motivated to help you. Wow. Right? Okay. So right. you motivate them, you educate them, and then the next one, we, we cultivate them. So let's do the donut thing because it's sort of fun. <clears throat> so motivate them is, is you get them excited about the new donuts you're coming out with. You get right. them excited that there's the VIP line maybe. Something that they get excited about. You educate them is, is you get them the, why your donuts are so good and why it's special. And right. that gluten-free and not gluten-free, they're best because what's gluten in these donuts? We're, we're, we're using – Astro flour that doesn't have anything like gluten in it. Exactly. And, and so they're fired up. And then we cultivate the relationship. The cultivate. They get invited to the late night or early morning or special Sunday donut party. Come in and watch the donuts be made. Exactly. Come. We, so Costs you nothing more. All it is is a programming shift. It is. Yeah. And, and the deal is it's also, it's also paying attention to that person right. who is the, your best supporters and you empower them. And the first thing they do is what? Tell their friends. I love oh the my donut shop. You, you I was know what out, happened today? I was at the LNG terminal. I tell you, you could eat off the floors. Right. Hmm. And did you know, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And so the guy over the fence goes, I hate the whole thing. Everything is terrible. He goes, what do you know about it? They start talking. Uh-oh. Right. And so, so we do mining projects. And, you know, do you think about it? I mean, the Santa Barbara can imagine doing mining. Well, <laughs> the, the, the deal is you... Uh, you walk into a, a room, young people, maybe 300 high school students. And this is a little test that we've done with a smaller group. And, but, and you're trying to move them. But I can't move them as a company, but a teacher could or someone else. And you come in and say, you know, who favors such and such mine? You know, the one hand goes up, father works for the mine. And the rest of the room's opposed. And you say, well, uh, how many of you have a, a phone in your pocket? Game Boy. Who has an iPad or computer in your, your, uh, your backpack? Can you bring them forward, please? Roll in a big, big trough, garbage trough, little, little stickers. Put your name on the sticker. Your teacher has agreed this is what you're doing. If you're voting no, all the, but the one boy, put your, your device in here. Because if you don't believe in mining, then you don't believe in using these products. Because these products sure. are full selenium of, and uh, everything. 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 Right? Well, no, I bought it at the store. I didn't right. get this at the mine. <laughs> well, but, but, but <laughs> wait a minute, Patrick. You got a better one. Yeah. Is is where does where does electricity come in your community? 
out of the outlet. Where does yeah. that come from? When the wire, on yeah, the street. yeah, right. Telephone Where does that poles. come from? I, I mean, down the street. Power Where does that come from? I stations. Don't know. No, they don't. No, I mean, it's. But once right. you get people into it, but so the idea is when you get someone else educated and you get, then they're already motivated, then and you cultivate a relationship. You don't have to say go help us. They just oh. do it. Right, but uh, but also, don't they get to in, inside of that bubble of not knowing where the power comes from? Not know it's very easy to make decisions that are that are kind of idealistic because right. you don't have there's no obligation to and, where and, the material came from. Yeah, you, and the other is it's the company's fault for not for not communicating. Right. And the other part is, and this is I mean, this is the donut shop too. Hey, you coming in the donut shop and people love the donuts and like, oh, I feel a little guilty. Right. Well, one of the first things that that we believe in is you got to acknowledge up front there will be impacts it's the prescription drug there will be side effects yeah all right right yin and yang everything uh, comes with a price exactly so you know you got to acknowledge so the dangers that we find the three dangers acknowledge them because and, because in that acknowledgement we can deal with it because it's not oh, an unknown anymore. This right. gets back to your, you got your it. DOS. And the other is the other is when you acknowledge. So if I'm gonna if I'm trying to get you guys to do something. Sure. And we always do a list of pros and cons. That's so how we sort Standard. of communicate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do cons and pros. Let's get the cons out of the way first. Why? Because oh. when I tell you what's wrong with the deal, what have I what am I doing in a world that has so little of what you said earlier. Trust. Trust. When I tell you why you shouldn't do this. I trust you. You're being honest with me. And I'm honest in the- You're in, being so, transparent. So when I acknowledge the problems- Right up front. Right up front. Uh. Hey, there's going to be an issue. We're, we're going to dig a two mile wide hole in the ground. But then you present, <laughs> but then you present- There's going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem, right? But then you, but then, but then- when all hope is lost, you come in and say. But then, no, the next thing we do is we immediately move from acknowledge, you hit it, and we go to contrast. Right. Right. So, so contrast the world without the product. So oh, yeah. we acknowledge this is how we're going to take care of these issues. Contrast without. Our next step is we embrace. Yeah. We, now we really embrace our product and the end result mm-hmm. and what it is. And then the last step is we, then we bridge to the economic benefits. Everyone else. So the group that was working with us in Maryland, the other firm, they all they want to talk about is the last step. So the last step is economics. <laughs> right. And, and so if you do a survey, you know, what's the most important issue about this? Or if you knew there are going to be 7 million jobs here, would that make you more supportive? Of course, that's the most supportive. But the deal is no one's willing to sell out their environment or their quality of life for a job, especially a right. job for someone else. And so the deal is you got to get through all the rest before you get there. So most people go to the end and they bridge the economics to start and then they embrace their product and everyone's like, huh? And then they contrast what happens if now and then they go, well, there could be some problems. Uh. And and it's it's a trail of losing it's like, well, trust. I don't believe all that you stuff you told me yeah. before, right? Why didn't I'm you done. start with that? Yeah. I'm totally done right. with you. And, right. and you know, I speak at conferences all the time and I go through that and the the standard – response is a blank stare of, Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh, shit. (laughs) Literally, why haven't we done this for the last 10 years? So what's so interesting to me on this is that because you you teach a lot, right? And you have taught over the years. You continue to teach. And what I'm hearing is that 
you're this is what you do. You're just teaching what you do and what you know works because right. it, you're doing it. It's well, not uh, theoretical. Not at all. And the other part is people are like, well, are you going to show them everything you do? Yes. Yeah. Heck I, yeah. I, so I, I did a conference for the Pacific Coast Builders Conference last year, a, a presentation. PCBC. Yeah. And with yeah. and with one of my absolute favorite clients, a guy that did – we did a, a new urbanist neighborhood in Napa, he, you know, the biggest, the biggest development in Napa's history, probably. Oh. Then we wow. cut it back. Costco is coming in, and uh, we had to go to the voters to get annexed from the county to the city in the middle of this drought to get water. Mm. That was yeah, tough. No growth community. Right. <laughs> no growth no water. No water. And sort of rabid and and hard to deal with. We started forty thirty eight because we've been working on it five years. So people, we had friends. Right. So we're we're basically dead even. We won seventy thirty. Wow. And so And it's through using all of these strategies we've been talking exactly, about. Exactly. Exactly. When he uh, when he went to have coffee the next morning at a little coffee shop, he walked in and he asked the young woman, So what do you think of the elections last night? She goes, First time I voted. Ever. Why'd you huh. vote? She goes, I wanted to bring Costco to Napa. Huh. Wow. Well how about the water? She goes, we'll take care of that. Because she was at, right. Because you you had you'd motivated, right. you'd educated, and cultivated. You got it. And they're ready to go, and they're ready to turn out. This feels like a master class. This. John, are you? I, all of these positions that you, you've been talking about are are positions that where you start unpopular. And is that huh. because is that because uh, they it's don't hire not a, me a, personally? No, no, I know. But do, is it because they hire they hire a good sheriff to clean up a bad town? They don't hire a good sheriff to clean up a good town. No, we get we get brought in because the knee jerk today is no. Yeah, and um, I mean there is an industry, and you know, we have in Santa Barbara we have some people that I absolutely love that have led the environmental movement from a really environmental point of view: recycling, reusing, redoing. And, I mean, they're uh, the Community Environmental Council. Sure. I mean, those guys should be in every city a model. Then there are others around the nation that has become an industry. And, therefore, we live because it's always the deal. Last year, the environmental industry in the United States raised and spent about $3 billion. And the mm. best way to raise money is to ha- make everything into a boogeyman. Right. And then Fear. when you make it into a boogeyman and you're going to go defeat it, but what we've learned, the magic formula for them is they have to win. You know, if they lose three times, no one's going to support that group. They'll go to someone else. Right. So they will only fight if they can win. So my job is to scare them out that they can't win. <laughs> as part of, as part, literally, for our clients, part of our job is to scare them out. But the other is we live in a time where danger, the danger has changed and fear has taken over. So it used to be you know, actual danger. You'd walk out of your house. You'd see a wild beast. Sure. You know, your amygdala shoots off. It says freeze, you know, run, fight. Just it tells you what to do. And then the wild beast goes away. The danger shuts off in your head. Yeah. You go about your life. You're always aware there's going to be something. Today, we're we're told on the news and everything else 24-7 that there's a danger coming. I mean, watch the news in the morning. It's my favorite thing. It's like... It's uh, CNBC is actually my favorite. It's like stock market's down the most it has been in the last two seconds. Come back for more details. It's like, yo, we we had the snowstorm of the century. 
sure. like four years ago, four times in the same winter. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a yeah, media I get blizzard. It. It's a yeah. media blizzard, and their whole job is to keep us watching. The only yeah. way they can keep us watching. They don't keep us watching by saying, oh, my gosh, Mark Sylvester had a wonderful day yesterday. Stay tuned. It's like <laughs> There's a wolf outside the door. There's, there's a wolf, wolf outside there's the door. There's a wolf outside the door. Stay tuned. He's Stay tuned. still there. Yeah, and still he's still there. there. And still so there. the deal is that's not actual danger. Right. It's probable danger. And when you have probable danger, it can't go away. It's always, it's always present. So if it gets yeah. in your head, yeah. it's ever present. Therefore, we live in a state of fear at all times. That's and exhausting. It is. Ex- that's why we're exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And it's also why people watch less TV than they ever have. Right. Yeah, and yeah. they're going to be doing less and they're going to watch less. And the younger generation who hate to be called millennials to all those who call them that. Oh, yes. They, um, they don't watch it at all. They, go, they dig into the, into the web and find their own stuff. Well, they want, yeah, the, the content. They just want the content and they, yeah. they eat more content than any humans ever have. They're on top of more issues. I mean, I listen to my teenage kids and 21-year-old son and they're like crazy on top of what's going on. I mean, they, knew, they know more than I knew, yeah. but, and, but they, didn't, they don't get it from the news. They get it on their own. Through their own research. Right. Do you find that's a general trait of that age group? Yes. Not the one percenters? No. No, I I think it's of that age group of, of most they're going on to some type of higher education. So, it, it, but it's about providence. It's where did this thing come from? Where there was this right. this news thing? Where, where did that come from? Or this right. this great beer I'm drinking? Where did it come from? Exactly, this, and this, and then they dig where into did the it. Shirt come it's from? like the story of the chocolate guys. Do you know, you heard the story about the these, Mast Brothers? The Mast Ripping, Brothers. Yeah, oh my gosh! Beards. I mean, I've been watching the whole deal. Yeah, it's fine because my son turned me on to it. Yeah. I mean, he turns me on to these clothing he, lines. And he turned he you on to the brand or he turned you on to, to the, the story. scandal? The scandal. Yeah. To the well, story. Well, the brand first and then the scandal. Yeah. And he, yeah. he thinks it's hysterical. Oh, it's, it's great fun. And the deal is it's so – but the deal is it doesn't last. No. So the confidence they have and we should have is in a transparent world. We're going to find out. Right. And, and, but we have this level of fear. And that fear just – it drives people to say no. First response, no. They're one – most people's one-word email to a proposal of anything new or different right. is no. Right. So we live – so our deal is people live with the, the people in the good line for the donuts that want to buy your donuts yeah, yeah, and yeah. the people that are open-minded that you know, would rather have a French yep. pastry but they're open-minded. You know, they have three fears when they come in and that we deal with. The first fear is a fear of change because they're, they're – Oh, my God. Where's my donut? What, right, exactly. If they, and and if, the, if you move the donut shop, will I be still first in line? And will Susie still be there who says hello? The second is uh, fear of the unknown. Change and, and, and unknown are different. Totally different. Yes. Totally, right? You get, I mean, you see the difference. Change is change. Unknown is you don't know where it's going. Right. So how do I deal with change? No. Ex- well, most people say no, but my deal of response is going to change. This is going to change. The question is... How is it going to change? Okay. So Old Miller's Meadow that has been zoned for development for 25 years, it's going to be developed someday. Someday, someone. <laughs> Would you like to have an opportunity to have a voice in it? We're invited you to help design it. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, so you take okay. the fear of change away. And we say change is happening one way or the other. Would you like, right. to, have, would you like to be empowered? So how empowered? do you take the fear of unknown away? You show them. This is what we're doing. Show them. You, so Expose we're, them we're working it. for uh, – a power producer 
and they needed to deal with it. They were oh, this is a few years ago, coal plant, and they needed to deal with their fly ash, which is the leftover mm. from coal. So right. you know the deal. The deal coal plants are really clean until they get the CO2, and they can fix the CO2. The problem is no one's willing to put the money in yet. Mm. So if we took a little bit of the billions the environmental industry did raised and took like a third of it and put up a contest for the smartest person in the world. X prize. The X prize contest. Make CO2, get rid of CO2 and coal plants at the cheapest possible way. We'd ha- it'd be done. We'd have the greatest so- uh, energy source. And then fly ash. So what happens? You take the fly ash, you turn it into concrete, you turn it into wallboard, and then there's some left. So how do we talk to people about it? I said, well, we got, we got to tell them where the electricity comes from. So we did a mm. complete piece of how a chunk of coal becomes an ion mm. and what we do with the byproducts. Water, the water, the water goes out of the plant. Is, the challenge is it's a little warm and it's too clean to go back into the Potomac where we're working. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's too, too clean. clean. Yeah, it's too clean. And so going in, so we, the, the one place they created this long uh, waterfall creek to take it out so it would cool down. Yeah. And it's become right. it's become a, a, ca- a kayak course, oh. kayak racing course. I, I mean, love so that. story done, right? You're kayaking. Nice. In it. What's the third fear? Fear it, of change. Fear I'm of unknown. Get to, I'm gonna get to it. It's my okay, favorite. Okay, I'm sorry. And so, but you you unpack. So you unpack all those things. But you right. tell them everything. Right. This is what you do. These are the byproducts. And by the way, this is the one that's left. We have to put it into a landfill. And here's what we do. Again, like 15, 16 percent response right. saying, "Well, I'm in. Sure. I'll help you get that done." Sure. Um, so the third fear is significance, insignificant. <laughs> Think about it. People, especially the boomers, feel that they should have a say about everything that happens in their community. That everyone sort of feels that way. So I call it as uh, coming and going and nobody knowing. So people want to have significance. Mm. So if, they ha- if you give them significance in the process – Two things happen. One is they feel really good, which is good for you. The other thing is they're probably pretty smart and they're going to tell you something. Right, and right. you're going to get something better. And, you know, people are afraid to talk to people about a controversial project because they don't want to get into debate. Well, what, what ends up happening is the project gets better. Well, I'm, you know, if I, right. I give it to them and they tell me they don't know anything about planning the whole deal. I go, yeah, but they know where they live and they know what they're doing. And, they're going to say, why are you doing the road that way? That's like crazy if you did it over here. And then you go to your traffic engineer and the traffic engineer goes, that's actually a really that's good, a good idea. idea, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so. Which gets back to what you said in the very, very beginning was we listen. Right. Right. That's <clears throat> the key to all of this. And our listener has been listening for 45 minutes. Ba-boom. Well, that was an amazing transition. Ba-boom. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. That's, how, that's what yeah, he's known that's what for. That's what he's known for. Is he's he good at that? For. Yeah. That's yeah. why you let him sit at the main that's, seat. That's, yeah, that's why he's got the big chair. Yeah. John, thank you so much. Hey, that was fun. I, I felt, like, I said it earlier, but I felt like I was in a master class. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm so focused on leadership and communication. I think uh, great leaders are gifted communicators, and they need to be gifted communicators. And it's the kind of thing you need to sharpen your sword on all the time. And Every day. Getting a chance to talk to a guy like you who, who's doing this all the time, people don't get to do. And so I, it's a real treat for us. And Just a real come by the donut center. shop. <laughs> Dude, I'm so, yeah. so going to do that. Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. Thank How you. do people find out about what you're doing and the, <clears throat> the stories and projects? Um, our web, 
DaviesPublicAffairs.com. Got it. Blaze, now, BlazePR.com. B-L-A-Z-E. Uh-huh. Uh, I love, I was there looking. Uh, you've won more awards than, I mean, it's just, you should be proud of that. I know, I, I love the, the image that you have on the awards page is this cowboy tip in his hat. And yeah. I, that was such a perfect image. Well, it's really funny. And, and I'll be quick, but we're sitting around a big table in our office. I don't have an office. So I have three offices and no personal office. I just sit in the middle of wherever I am. Or, right. I, so if we have meetings, I just go to your office and sit with you. Right. And so much gets done. But we're sitting there. I go, we got to get this thing done. We have this ad coming up. We got to do this. And, and, and I, you know, these awards are pretty cool. I mean, sure. Three, I mean, they're significant. Three, three best agencies yeah. to work, three yeah, awards yeah. for best agency to work for yeah. from national groups and public affairs firm or campaign of the year from about five. Yeah. So, and you know, so one of the guys helping the market, he was like, you know, we were, we won this year. We're great. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, not, my, not our staff. And I'm, and one, our newest hire is a, uh, a road scholar <clears throat> wow. who, who played wow. football at UCLA, big, tall guy. And he's sitting there and I go, how do we say like, thank you, or this is cool without saying thank you. This is cool. And he goes, much obliged. And I go, oh, what did you say? Much obliged. <laughs> I go to the other guy sitting there. I go, do you have that image of the cowboy we use for acknowledge in the last presentation? He goes, yeah. I go, send that to me. So I take it. I, and you go into an Apple program, and I drop sure. much obliged sure, sure, on, sure. drop the awards on. I go, someone fix this and make it actually an ad. <laughs> it was like literally it is, it's two inspired. minutes. It's inspired. Well, it's just fun because it's so unusual. Right. They use a cowboy. Right. And, uh, and deal with it. And it's so on us. A cowboy. I love so, it. No, you're, you're a cowboy, dude. You'll always be a cowboy. Yeah. I um, come to, We come to the part of the show. You've listened to a whole show, I, yeah, I know. I, I have. I've listened to a couple. So um, we need to give a put a bow on this, give it a title. So what would we call this conversation? Listen first. Ah, okay. And so for me, listen first is both professional, personal, and you know my biggest is to listen to my listen to my family, listen to my wife, yeah, listen to my kids first before I tell them how smart I am and what I used to do. <laughs> when, I, when I was in high school, I ran track and yeah. I was fast. Um, but <laughs> that makes listen, you faster, right? Yeah, if I tell and you listen, that? listen to them, and it, because you know you see the eye roll when you start sure. talking first. And then the other is listen to your heart. And mm. my heart tells me not to fear storing up nuts, monopoly money for me forever, and then drop dead and not. I mean, the funny thing, I've never seen the money go in the casket. And if it does, it <laughs> yeah, goes right. in the crim- crematorium, whatever it's called. But the deal is, is that the, the, that my heart tells me I need to give back. My mm-hmm. logic uh-huh. keeps telling me, well, that's scary. Right. So, I mean, to me, the most important thing is, and that's the TED thing that I, I wanted to do with you that time. Yep. And, and it's, I'm glad yep. I didn't because it's getting better. All the research shows if you give and give that you are physically healthier, you're mentally healthier, you're, and you're emotionally healthier. And it, it's a physical change in your body. 
I, let's end it right there because that, that is fantastic. And, and that's the great message that we come to about giving back. And, and you're absolutely right, John. Thank you for giving us Thanks. this time. It was really important. Finally. We got you here, buddy. Uh, and the witness reserves the right to recall uh, our uh, defendant here. So thanks again to California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services, our podcasting partner, Growing All the Time, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Connect Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them as well. More information, if you'd like to learn more about our partners, is at 805connect.com. Patrick, uh, people have got to listen to the show. Yeah, well, I think I love the uh, the theme of listening. So uh, send us some information uh, about you and what we need to know and do better at this show, and we will listen. Absolutely. I'd love to hear from you personally. So you could send me a note, mark at 805connect.com. Let me know what you like about the show. Tell me a story about how when you listened life got better. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.